0: Good evening. It's good, good seeing y'all. I got this thing on here. Yeah. As um, so I was preparing this, went down after work and started going over it. Andrew asked me if I was preaching. And I said, Yeah. And he said, Cool. He said, This is the last message before Christmas, so make it a good one. So you know, there's there's no no pressure here. Um, if you could get the Second Chronicles chapter five. This is going to be a little different. I actually preached this a couple weeks ago at the jail with the uh, abridged version, so this will be a little more fleshed-out version. But uh, this one's a little different. Uh, it's really just a, a message of encouragement. Um, actually, we heard quite a bit of it. It was kind of kind of funny on Sunday, and between Brother Joe and Pastor and and uh, some of the things they were saying. There's just a lot of in, the, the intent of this is to be just encouraging. Um, as it stands, I don't have any rebuke in here, so if the Lord throws some rebuke in, you know, while we're in the middle of this, that's, you know, take it up with Him. Um, but now I, we're coming into a time of year, you know, we're we're getting ready to head into a day we're going to celebrate the Lord of our Savior, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and uh, that's that's exciting. And there's a lot of things that can take our attention away from that. A lot of things that can distract us. Um, you know, the storm, uh, the cold temperatures, all kinds, of, just all kinds of things out there to, just to, to bring us down, you know, just normal life. And I was reading through this, I don't know, a month or two ago when I went through this portion and I had seen this and the Lord showed me some things, just a couple, couple verses here, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're heading into the Christmas season um, and, and we, we're, we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. You know that that's that's cause for excitement you know that, that's something to get excited about that's, that's encouraging. You think about the the creator of the universe he sent his his only begotten son down here to hang on a cross to be humiliated to go through all this to become a curse for us so that we could get into heaven the price would be paid. I mean, what better gift is there you know we don't we don't know of a... Uh, I I know we're all tired and I know you know we're just kind it's the middle of the week I get it this is always my low point but but you know Loosen up a little bit. We'll, we're going to get through this. Like I said, it's just, uh, there we go. Um, you know, get up shake a little bit if you have to. Get the cobwebs out. Um, but, but really, I just, you know, again, I just want this to be a, a, an encouraging message um, because we, we could use it. We need it. Um, you know, we know we're wicked. We know we're sinners. We we know where we should go when we die. We we get that. Every now and then, it's just it's just good to get just get a little something extra, just a little bit of extra encouragement from God's word. Because where else are you going to get it? You're going to get it on the news? Yeah. Not in Ohio. Not even in the weather section. Uh, you're not going to get it. Where else are you going to get it? There's no books out there that's going to encourage you. Um, maybe you'll get it from the stock market. Not lately, I don't think. Uh, you know, I get my my 401k statement. And it's going to be like, it's going to be like a .401K before long. I mean, it's, you know, that thing's just every quarter, like, oh my goodness, where's it all gone? So, you know, the thing, um, there's nothing in this world that can encourage you. Nothing, nothing like what God's Word can. So let's, let's uh, read a couple verses here, Second Chronicles chapter 5, and we'll get into this. This is probably a real good Wednesday night message. I don't think it'll be terribly long, so we can, you know, get to the prayer requests and all that. Uh, starting in verse 12, We read, uh, verses 12 and 13. Also the Levites, which were the singers of all them of Asaph, of Hermon, of Jejuthun, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And that the, then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Father God, I, just, I thank you, Lord, for these words that were written so many years ago, Lord. And I thank you for the events that, that took place, Lord. I, I just ask you to just get me out of the way now. Uh, I pray, Lord, that this will just, just help lift our spirits, Lord, in this, this dark world that we live in. And just give us a little, little extra gas in the tank, Lord, just to do something for you, just to be excited about you, Lord. I love you, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, we're you know, we're... I remember a couple years ago, I was talking to a lady, and I was saying, you know, I enjoy Christmas. Christmas is a fun time, so I, I like getting presents. I'm like a big kid. I like I like getting presents. I like getting surprised. Uh, you know, I like giving presents, and and it was and I I think of this story and it's really funny. And I'm actually probably going to bring this particular lady up a couple times, um, which is usually not a good thing. But she she was uh, and, and okay. Let me set the, the stage here. She's kind of like her and her her boyfriend are kind of like the Brady Bunch. You know, she's got two or three kids from one marriage, and he's got two or three, and they're living together, and, and they're not married, and, you know, they, they, they do all that, and, and they're living, and, you know, out of wedlock and all this. And I told her, I said, you know, I like getting presents. And, and, and I can't remember, she's probably never darkened the door of a church, even at Christmas or Easter, much less any other time of the year. And she said, that's not what Christmas is about. Don't you just love it when people, that they, they just get all super spiritual all of a sudden when it comes to that. It's like they don't know, they couldn't tell you where Genesis is from Revelation, but when you, when you key in on that, then they all of a sudden want to get all super spiritual on you. It's like, well, I understand. You know, and I, I get that that's not what Christmas is about. But it's still, there's still no reason why we can't be happy this time of year um, you know, we, like I said, you got people spend a lot of money, you got credit cards going up, you got a lot of things that, that make a lot of people angry or upset or worried or concerned. You got the weather, you got the storm that is coming, I don't know what, they're calling for cold temperature. All these things going on around us. And, and I thought on these verses and I reflected on these verses and I'm thinking, man, here was a time when, when the work on the temple was done. Solomon, they had finished the temple, they're getting ready to dedicate it, they had just brought the ark in, they set it in its holy place underneath the cherubim, they had done everything that God had told them to do, they had followed the plans, the blueprints, everything was done, it was coming to a close, they're getting ready to dedicate this thing, and the title of this message is, there is coming a day, and, I, and as I'm reading through these verses, there was three things that stuck out at me, and the first thing I see, there is coming a day of unity, We see there is those verses I read. It said, uh, the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Let's go to, hold your finger here. Hold your place here. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. There'll be be two places we'll turn to tonight. But uh, get to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. When I first got saved, I I thought when I had read this verse or this passage, I kind of figured... You know, I was pretty naive, but I, was kind of, I kind of figured, well, hey, this is the way it should be, right? You know, everyone that professes Jesus Christ as their Savior, the, you know, the Christians are all the same. I mean, like, I, was, I know, I was really dumb, and I was super young at the time, young Christian. I didn't know, but I just figured, oh, if you're Christian, you, everyone believes exactly the same, and it should all be the same way. So I would read these verses, um, and it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to his church daily such as should be saved. So I'm thinking, man, that'd be great. Why aren't we doing that? This is what the church is supposed to do, right? We're all, we all believe in Christ. We're all the same mindset. This is what we should be doing. We should all be together. We should all want to be together all the time. We should all be happy. We should all be the same mind. Uh, There should be no dissension, no quarreling. None of that should exist. Well, I guess if we weren't in this present earth, that would be the case. But you know, that's, that's, that's what you get when you're, you're young and you're naive, you're, you're new in Christ, you're excited, and you want the things of the Lord to be right then. And that's where I was at. I wanted that situation. But in the present world we're in, that's just not going to happen. It took a little while for that to settle in. Uh, it, it took some uh, Christians doing me wrong. It took some people doing things that I didn't think they should, you know, acting ways I didn't think they should act. And finally it dawned on me and said, Well, you know, we're in a fallen world. And we're just, it's just not going to be that way right now. But there is a day coming that it will be that way. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a day when, when we're going to have one purpose, we're going to have one mindset, and that's all there's going to be. I mean, th- when I read through that passage in Acts, it's almost like just, just a glimpse of what heaven's going to be. Uh, it, with, with people working together, people with the same mindset, people doing the same thing, the same goal. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. When we all have the same mind. When, when we're, not, we're not trying to uh, uh, take care of our own personal battles. When we're not trying to take care of things on our own fronts. When there's nothing else to do but serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But worship Him. That's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be a good day. Uh, there's gonna be not gonna be any more conflict, no more fussing and arguing. Um, you know, it's funny. Our uh, opinions are kind of like armpits, right? Everybody's got at least two, and they usually stink. But the thing, is, man, you guys are rough tonight. Man, laugh. There you go. All right. But the thing is about opinions. Everyone's got an opinion, but as soon as you voice it, man, there's like a dozen people all around you just want to just just jump on you like a vulture. It's like, man, this is my personal opinion. This is what. Now, there's a difference between an opinion and a Bible doctrine, and something that you know is is a true hard fact. Opinion. Sometimes you know, okay, I don't like McDonald's hamburgers. That's my personal opinion. I actually I love their Big Macs, but you know, okay, a McRib, McNasty. I hate those things. They are gross. But I know people that like McRibs. That's an opinion. They're they're just gross. But um. But that's an opinion. But yet. There's going to come a time when, when opinions just won't matter. No one's going to have an opinion anymore because it's all going to be focused on Jesus Christ. It, the, the truth will be prevalent in all of our lives. Uh, Satan and death and hell, it, it'll all be gone. It'll just be the lake of fire. Okay? It won't, won't be a part of us no more. It won't, it won't no longer be a distraction. It won't no longer be a presence that hangs over us. They will no longer be part of our lives. I mean, I, as I'm putting this together and I'm trying to go through this, I'm thinking, man, this, this is exciting because I'm talking about something that none of us have experienced that we can only begin to try and imagine what it will be like. And that, that's a very difficult thing to do, to try and take your mind out of the, the present situation and place it somewhere which is so completely different than what we're used to. It's, it's difficult to do, but we know it's truth. We, we know it's going to come. So even if we can't sit there and, and, and spell out the details, and even if we can't sit there and, and, and lay out how things are going to be, we, we have the promise, okay, we have the hope that we know what's going to occur someday, and that we know we're going to be part of it. As, as, as saved people, as Christians in the body of Christ, we know that we're going to get to take part in a life just like that. Um, James one it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay, a double-minded man, you know, you, they're, they're trying to live two lives. Depending on where they're at and what they're doing and who they're with, they're either trying to appease God or they're trying to appease the world. They're, they're, they're trying to do something. They're trying to live two separate lives. In heaven, there won't be any of that. We'll all be focused on the same one. Amen. There will be nothing. I I, just, I know I, I, I'm probably repeating myself, but it's something we really got to get a hold of. There will be no more distractions. There'll be no more bank accounts. There'll be no more mortgages. There'll be no more bills. There'll be no more uh, uh, news, there'll be no more amber alerts, there'll be none of that stuff. It'll be Lord Jesus Christ. And on that single person, that's that, that single focal point, we'll all be we'll all be of one mind. We'll all be right there together. I I, I mean it's it's It kind of blows my mind when you stop and think about it. I used to work with a guy, and and, I worked with a lot of guys, but I mean, this one individual, we worked together for probably a a little less than a year. And out of all the people I've worked with over the years, I probably never met somebody that we worked so closely uh, together as far as we we worked almost the same. I mean, our thought pattern was the same. The way we took notes, the way we kept a, a, a record of things, the way we did everything was almost identical. Now, I know. You're thinking, okay, that's scary. There's another one out there that's just like me. I was a little scared at first, too. But the, same, the thing is, with this guy, when we would work together, uh, uh, it, it was like we, we, we knew exactly what the next step was going to be. There was no arguing. There was no you know, striving to try and get ahead. of the, I worked with a guy one time as a mechanic. Uh, like I said, I've been a mechanic, I was a mechanic for many years. You know, those guys can tend, after they, they get a little up in age and after they get some experience, they can tend to be prima donnas because they think their way is the only way and theirs is the best way and you can't do anything better than the way they can do it. And we used to make, among a lot of things we did, we used to make cables for aircraft. And, we would, and And these things usually had a tolerance of plus or minus, say, an eighth of an inch, sometimes even less, depending on what system they were for. So if you made it too long, you know, it would be too big in the, in, the, uh, in the run and it wouldn't get enough tension. So you wouldn't be able to move the flight control or whatever it was. If you made it too short, well, it, it wouldn't reach either end. So you had to get it pretty close. Well, the way we would do this is we would take a tape measure and we would stretch it out on the floor and we would tape off every foot or so. Well, we had a couple tape measures. Uh, in, the, in the tool room that we would use. So I grabbed the one. And he said, is it this one? Whichever one he was one. I said, I don't know. I said, I just grabbed one. He says, if it's not this one, I'm not helping you. I'm thinking, what, is it a good luck charm? It's An eighth of an inch is an eighth of an inch. You know? but, but he had this mindset that it had to be his way, only his way, and he wasn't going to do anything beside that. I'm thinking, man, there's going to be a time when it's, 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 that's just not going to exist. But me and this other guy, we worked at Ed. We'll call him Ed because that was his name. But me and Ed worked together, and, and we, we got along, okay? We, we did the jobs together. Uh, uh, we had the same mindset. When I would go on vacation and I would come back, I could pick up my clipboard, and I could look through all my reports. I could read the emails, and within five minutes, ten minutes, I could see exactly where I was at and what needed to be done. I could tell the status of everything that had been done the past week. And then the same thing for him. When he would step out go away for a week, I could fill in for him, and he would come back within a very short period of time, he would be up and running. I'm thinking, man, there's going to be a day when, when, when Christians all have that same mindset. No more fussing and fighting over doctrine. No, no more trying to figure out which is, I mean, I know which is the right Bible, but there's a lot out there that don't. There's a lot out there that don't preach from the right Bible. That won't be a concern anymore. Uh, all that will be gone. Um, and, and, and having a day of unity and, and as I'm going through this, realize when I say a day, I'm talking eternity. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to have an eternity of unity, uh, of, of single-mindedness, of, of all focusing on him. There'll be no more, no more sins, no more distractions, nothing to pull us away from that. Another thing I see here in a... Same verse, chapter, or verse 13 of chapter 5, 2 Chronicles. I see there will be a day of coming, uh, uh, a day of presence is coming. Now, not P-R-S-E-N-T-S, like Sunday, but P-R-E-S-E-N-C-S, like presence, like he, he's going to be there. Uh, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord And when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, "For He is good; for His mercy endureth forever," then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. There is a day of presence that's going to—he is going to dwell, or we're going to dwell among Him, and it's going to last forever. Uh, That we're going to be eternally with Him. Go to Revelation uh, chapter twenty-one. I'm going to read a couple—I'm going to read by eight verses there. See, this is this is good stuff. This this right here. This is what we're this is what we're striving for. This is what we're, we're our goal is to get to this point. Serve him down here, and then and then when we get in when we pass through this life. When we when we die down here, die that physical death, and we get into eternity. Or if we're just caught up and raptured out of here, this is what awaits us. This is the things that we should be thinking about. Uh, I know that. We, it gets lost sometimes. We get caught up in the world, but when you when you when you spend some time reading these verses and you start looking at these things and you just start thinking about what it's going to be like with Him, and I'm not even beginning to scratch the surface. I'm looking at three things. I mean, there's there's so much more. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8 here, chapter 21. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself (laughs) shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there any, be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon a throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, unbelieving and the abominable... And the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with a fire and brimstone, which is the second death. <clears throat> As I've said many times, I'll say it again, because it's good. God will be the focal point in eternity. He, he will be our focus. We will be in the presence of Jesus Christ. We will be in heaven. We, we, I mean, man, he's going to be it. He's going to be the focus. That, that's where our, our visions, our thoughts—that's where they're going to be centered. Um, no more time clocks. I told Robin. I said, and I've told a lot of people, if I if I live to retirement, if I get to that part, that 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 age, uh, if we're not raptured out of here first, man, the first thing I want to do is chuck my time clock out the window. I want to run it over. I don't want no more time clocks. I don't, I don't want to have to get up as early as I get up anymore. I don't want it. I just want chuck. We're, 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 our lives are controlled by time clocks. We're on schedules. We've got appointments. We, we've got expectations that, that we have to meet. We've got rules. We've got regulations. We've got deadlines. There, there's headlines that dictate how our days go. All of this stuff is going to be gone. None of that will be a factor in eternity. There will be no alarm clocks in heaven. I don't see a need for them. It will be constant daylight. God will provide the light. You know, we'll need it. Where are you gonna go? We you gotta go for a job interview. You don't need a job. You can go to the doctor. You won't ever get sick. What are you can go to the doctor for? What do you gotta have? It? No more school. I like that part. No more work. That's good. There'll be no more pain, no more death or sorrow. Revelation twenty two, five says God will be our light. He'll provide the light. He'll be the object of our worship and praise. Uh, how do you how do you how do you you know what do you do with that? I mean, how are we worthy for that? You know, we're not. But yet, we're going to get to take part in that. Why? Because He's merciful? Because He's got grace? Because He loves us? Because He sent His only Son to die for us? That's the only answers I've got. Because He has a love that goes beyond anything we can begin to comprehend. Dr. Uh, Sam Gipp would say, you've heard Pastor mention it many times, it'll be just a time of crown bowling. He'll just be chucking crowns at his feet. And you give them back and you chuck them at him again. You just get to just send those crowns his way. you ever really stopped and thought about what it's going to be like in the presence of God? I mean, I, I've seen people, they get all weak in the knees and they get all, you know, silly when, when there's a rock star or when they're, you know, the president or a candidate or a politician or, or, or you know, Whatever newscaster, whatever, you know, whatever they get into. And they're in the presence of that person, and, you know, they just get all silly. You know, they can't talk. And I, I mean, I've seen this happen to people. They get all nervous and they get all clammy. Like, man, it's just a it's just a person. You know, they put their pants on the same way you do. I mean, they, they just got more money in their bank account, but that's probably about it. You know, there, there's no difference. But that's not going to be what it's like when we're around God. I mean, we're going to be in the presence of, of the creator of the universe. Um. And there are certain things I can say, well, you know, I, I can say the creator of the universe. Uh, uh, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I know he's spoken into existence. and I know he did it in six days. And I, and I understand all that. The word bears that out. And I believe it. But what I, what I can't wrap my mind around, what I can't even begin to even comprehend is, is, well, how long has God been around? Well, he's been around for eternity. Well, how long is he going to last? For eternity. Yeah, but when did he start? In eternity. But When? See, God has always been. See, we're, we're, we're so used to a, a finite uh, a time period where everything has a beginning. I mean, there was a time when this here was, the, was a tree, but it became a pulpit at some time. Some point in history, somebody fashioned this into a pul- pulpit and it had a start date. God has no start date. He just always is. Well, how does that work? I have no clue. I'm getting a nervous twitch right now just even trying to think about it and comprehend how God has no beginning, but He is just eternal. But yet we're going to be in His presence someday with that God. Okay. We're going to be in heaven with Him. That, that's, that's mind-boggling. Another thing I want to point out in this verse here. Um, I apologize for reading, but I think it bears reading one more time. Um, it says, when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals, instruments and music, and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. We see here that his presence followed their praise. And Christian, I'm here to tell you that that can be the same way for us today. I mean, we're, we're saved, so we've got the Holy Ghost that dwells within us, okay? Um, over in Psalms 136, uh, there's 26 verses, and 26 times it ends with that phrase, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Now when you read through that psalm, it's a testimony to who he is. It's a testimony to what he created. It's a testimony for, for what he had done for that nation of Israel, uh, the battles he had fought for them. It's a testimony to the obstacles that he had overcome for them, uh, the deliverance he gave them from their enemies, the victories he gave them. It's, it's a testimony of his provision. And you can take that psalm and you can apply it to your life because he has overcome uh, things in your life. He has, he has gotten victories for you. He has won battles for you. Uh, uh, he, is, he has saved your soul. That, that's a huge uh, victory right there. Uh, everything he did for them in that, in that, that psalm, you can, you can uh, translate it and you can apply it to your life. And all you can say is, is uh, he is good for his mercy endureth forever. And they repeat that thing at the end of every single verse. You want to be filled with his presence? You want to be filled with the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Well, then invite him in with praise. The Bible says, you know, in everything, give thanks. And I've talked about this so many times. But it's easy to give thanks when, you're, when things are going good. You know, when, when the promotion's coming, the money's rolling in, the, the you know, you're, you're, everything, life is just perfect. It's easy to give praise in those times. I would assume it would be because I've never really been to that, but I, you know, I would think it would be. But I'll tell you what. How about when you have to get, when, you, when 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 things are rough, when things are difficult, when, uh, I mean, man, I've had starters go out on me, you know, in the cold November. It's like, man, I gotta get to work, and my starter, I can smell the ozone. My starter just fried, and I'm sitting in my driveway. I'm like, but I'm sitting in my driveway. I'm not stuck on the side of the road somewhere. Well, there's a praise. You know, you start, how about, how about when you give thanks, when things are good and you just look at, when you, when you go to God in prayer and you say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why you're allowing this. I don't know what I've done. I, I don't know what the end of this is going to be. I, I don't know what to expect from this. I don't know how this is going to come out. I don't know what my next step is going to be. But Lord, your, your word says to give you thanks. Your word says to give you praise even in bad times. And, and, and I know that, that you're in control, and I know that you're on the throne, and I know that you, that you have Satan on a leash, and you'll only let him go so far. And I know that you turned control of this world over to him for a time, and I know that if you did it, then it's right. And I, and I know that, that when it's all said and done, you're going you're gonna to reign forever, and, and Jesus Christ is Lord of Lord and King of kings, and, and, and he's going to come back as a conquering king. Lord, I know all that. I just don't know what's going to come at the end of the day. See, when you, when you pray something like that, you're giving him praise because you're acknowledging who he is. You're acknowledging what he has done. You're acknowledging what he will do because you have faith in his word. See, that's giving God praise right there. So that's what he wants. You want to be filled with him? You want his presence? Then invite him with your praise. Bring him in with your praise. And then lastly here, be in verse 14. So the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. <clears throat> In this part here, uh, I mean they're all good, but we see we see there's going to be a, a, a day of unity. We see there's a day coming; a, it's going to be a day of presence, and then we see here a day of rest is coming. There's going to be a, there's going to come a time when there's just no more to be done. Uh, we see here that the priests they couldn't they could not perform their priestly duties because the presence of god was in the form of a cloud it just filled the temple it it just overpowered everything it came down and it filled it and they couldn't even do what they were supposed to do they wanted to perform their duties and they couldn't do it let me ask you something when you're in his presence what else needs to be done what more is there I know a lot of people, and I know they go through great lengths, and they have a lot of reasons, they have a lot of excuses, why they shouldn't be doing what the Lord would have them to do, why they shouldn't be be well, be doing the Lord's work, why they shouldn't be serving Him. Well, this one here is a, is a pretty good reason. Other than that, I don't know anybody's had too many good reasons why they shouldn't serve the Lord. This one here, I had a guy tell me one time. I, I, I was trying to trying to steer him back around. I believe he was saved, but I was trying to you know get him get him in church. I mean, I you know, he he asked me. He says, you know. How do I get my wife to 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 you know submit? She doesn't want to listen to me. She doesn't want to do it. She just wants to do her thing. And I'm praying, I'm like, God, what do I say to this guy? I mean, you know. And 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 said, well, and then God gave me this, this little nugget here. I looked at him and I said, How can she submit to you if you won't submit to God? He said, What do you mean? I said, Well, you're not in church. I said, You're the spiritual leader of the house. I said, You got the first thing wrong right there. I said, You should be in church. I said, get in church. I've invited him to this church so many times. I invited him so many times, he moved to Dallas. He left, left the state. Guess he couldn't take it no more. But the thing is, he wanted her to submit and he wanted her to do what was right, but yet he wouldn't do it. Amen. He wouldn't, and I tried to get them to come around and say, look, just, and, and his, his, his uh, comment, his rebuttal to me trying to get him to do what the Lord would have him to do was say, well, you know, I, I, believe, I believe God is everywhere and he can use you wherever you're at. I said, well, he can't use you if you won't slow down long enough for him to catch up to you. I said, you're always running away from him. I said, why don't you slow down and get where he wants you rather than being where you want to be all the time? I said, if you get where he wants you, then he'll use you. So he's not going to use you when you're not doing what he wants you to do, when, he's not, when you're not uh, going where he wants you to go. But he was too busy. He was young. He got so many goals that he wanted to complete. His, you know, so many things he wanted to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, you gotta get a balance. You gotta get that thing in the right perspective. It's okay to have goals. It's okay to have things, you know, a, a list of, of things you'd like to do and see before you leave. I mean that hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, don't don't put the, push the Lord out of the way because He would interfere with you. Don't, don't get him out of the way because it's you know, that's, that's gonna keep you from doing what you want to do. Get him involved in it, let him take you where he wants you to be. But when we're in the presence of God, when we're, when we're in eternity, when we're in heaven, the, the ministry that we as we know it, it'll cease. It'll be done. There'll be no more need to witness. I mean, there's not gonna be any lost people in heaven, right? So they won't have to, we won't have to worry about witnessing. Um, no more need to go down to the jails or the ADCs. There won't be a jail. There will be no more sin. There won't be locking them up anymore. Talking to Brother Tom the other night. Um, you know, keep him in prayer. He uh, you know, he, he's going through some some things with you know his own health and then his wife. Um, you know, she's she's Older, and, you know, they're both up there in in age, and, I mean, they're both uh, having some health issues, and she's had health issues for quite some time. Um, But that won't exist in heaven. You know, you think about uh, uh, there will be no more failing organs. There will be no more uh, weak and brittle uh, uh, bones. There will be no more diseases, no more viruses. There will be no more of these things that plague us. There will be no more need for a nursing home. There will be no more need for a hospital. All those things will be gone. So all the ministries that we do, there won't be a need for. There'll be no more VBSs. We won't have to do a VBS. We won't have to teach a little one about, about Jesus Christ. He'll be in the presence of them. You won't have sins tugging at them. Praise God, there'll be no more camps. It won't exist. You won't need it. Same thing as VBS. You won't need a camp. What are you going to, what are you going to pull them away from? There's no, there's no more worldly attraction. It'll all be gone. I'm looking forward to that day. Sickness, crime, old age, injuries, you know, all this stuff. Health, poor health, failing health, ice, snow, that's all a result of sin. And all that's going to be gone. But the downside is we're not there yet, so none of us can quit. So we have to keep on going on. That's as close to a rebuke as I'll get. But, you know, we just got to keep going on. Do what the Lord would have us to do. With the promise that this day is coming. About a little over 2,000 years ago, the creator of the universe, the one we talked about, the one that's eternal, the one that, that, that began however he did it, has always been, he sent his son to die on a cross. He sent his son that would live a perfect life. He sent his son that, that, would, that would experience the things that we experience, he would be tempted in all points. The Bible says he sent his son that would that would be mocked and ridiculed and hated. He he sent his son that would be rejected. He sent him. He lived a perfect sinless life, and at God's perfect timing, he went to the cross. The Bible says, as a lamb without uh, lamb to the slaughter. Didn't put up a fight. Didn't you know? He he, he healed the ear. Uh, uh, Marcus, uh, when, when Peter cut it off you know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't looking for a fight he said I could call 12 legions angels Amen. he didn't, didn't have to didn't need one angel he could have just done whatever he needed to do but he went willingly he fulfilled every prophecy that was prophesied he fulfilled the prophecy that Abraham spoke to Isaac when he was taking them up the the hill to sacrifice them, and Isaac said, "Well, where's the sacrifice?" He said, "God will provide Himself a sacrifice." He didn't say God will provide for Himself. He said God will provide Himself. Now that 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 was uh, that that occurred that day, He did provide a sacrifice, the ram caught in the thicket. But it, God also provided Himself a sacrifice in the form of Jesus Christ. So Abraham was speaking prophecy that day, and Jesus Christ fulfilled it. That day he went to Calvary. He let the, 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 the Roman soldiers jam those nails, run those nails down through his hands, down through his feet. He allowed them to, to beat him to an unrecognizable form. He allowed them to, to, to pluck his beard out of his face, pull his hair, spit on him. Any, uh, the worst things you can imagine, he allowed it. Never put up a fight. He allowed them to hang him on that cross, become a curse for us. And then at the given time, Bible says uh, he cried out, it is finished. and it says he gave up the ghost and died. The Bible says he spent three days and nights uh, in, in, in the heart of the earth. He deposited our sins in hell, changed the name of Abraham's bosom to paradise. And three days later, he came back. And he rolled that, that stone away just so we could see inside. Say, oh, yeah, he's not there anymore. See, that was, that was for us. That wasn't for him it was finished he he did what needed to be done that price that sin that price for sin was paid no no more no more payment was required you know, I, I used to work with a bunch of guys and and uh they, they believed you can lose your salvation i said well does that mean jesus christ has to die on the cross every single time said, he, he would never get off the cross oh no 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 they, that's not required I said, well, then if his death wasn't enough, and this is before I knew anything. I still don't know. I say it all the time. I don't really know that much. But this was years ago before I was even in this church. I was just going to a Southern Baptist church. I had no clue as to the doctrine that I was uh, uh, getting in, and I didn't didn't realize the depth of it. But I I said, what was the point of him dying? I said, if, if 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 his death could not pay the price of sin once and for all, then, then, then what, what good was it? You know, you can't lose your salvation. Not in this time period. But see, he, he paid that price. And he, he, he offered a sacrifice that nobody else could do. Nobody else could offer. No more need for it. He hung on that cross. He died on that cross. The Holy of Holies was opened. There's no more need of a priest. We have Jesus Christ now. He's our intercessor between God and man. He said, they tore that, that veil in twain from top to bottom. It was open. The, the path to God, the, 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 it was no longer uh, uh, necessary through a temple. No, necessary, no longer necessary through the priest. No more through the death of bulls and goats, but through the man Jesus Christ Amen. and his shed blood. It says, uh, no more to pay, no more to accomplish. That entry cost into heaven is now you just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all it is. Plus and minus nothing. That's, that's all we got to do now. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So just as God had shut the door on the ark when Noah finished that thing, and just as Jesus Christ had shut the door on, on Moses' law, someday that door will be shut on sin. And and. and That day is coming when sin will no longer prevail, when sin will no longer have an effect on us. It will no longer pull us in different directions. It will no longer distract us. It will no longer keep us from doing the things that we know we should do, as Paul put it over there in Romans 7. We We won't do the things we know we shouldn't do and not do the things we know we should do. See, we're in that position now because of sin. That won't be a problem. There's coming a day like no other that we've ever experienced. I mean, I'm speaking of things that that our wildest imaginations can't even begin to touch or scratch the surface of what it's really going to be like. But it is fun to think about. I mean, really, would you rather think about that or would you rather think about, you know, Super Bowl or whatever? You know, this, you know, I'd rather think about that because I know it's truthful. I know it's going to happen. It's not a work of fiction. There will be a day that... Uh, uh, it won't be filled with the things that we're used to. Instead of fighting and, and, and backbiting and, and all that stuff that goes on. I mean, even among Christians, there's contention. There's strife. There's, there's you know, you, you just always, you, there's always something. There's always someone getting pulled one way or the other. There's always some problems. That's not going to exist anymore. It's just going to be peace and unity. And furthermore, it'll be real peace brought on by God not not the peace that man uh, professes to offer. See, man can't offer that kind of peace. And even when they do sign a peace treaty or even when they do uh, extend an olive branch for a short period of time, it never lasts. See, the peace that God la- that offers is going to last forever. It'll never be broken once he, once he establishes that day. There will be a day that will forevermore bask in the glory of his presence when praising him will be the only thing on our... Could you Look, at it. I gave up on to-do lists unless it's something like immediate and something that really needs to happen. Or, you know, I got a lot of things that have to happen before a short period of time. Because if you look at a to-do list, it'll never cease. It'll just continue to grow. It'll never get any smaller because there's always something. But can you imagine when the only thing on your to-do list is praise God. Amen. What am I going to do today? Praise God. Okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? Praise God. Okay, how about in 15 million years from now? Oh, praise God. Hey, look at that. That's all we're going to have to today that's a pretty good day there's going to be a, a, a and when I'm looking at this when I'm, when all these days come when all these events happen and when 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 this day finally comes we're going to see that with with the absence of sin comes the abundance of, of his of his presence of his glory of who he really is Amen. now we're heading into the Christmas season as I've said and we're You know, I know you probably still have one or two more gifts to buy. And I know you're going to go to Walmart and you're going to stand in a ridiculously long line for some little tchotchke that will probably get thrown out in a year. And I get all that. Okay. But don't forget about what we're really supposed to be celebrating on Sunday. And when Sunday comes and goes, don't forget even then who we're here to serve. Don't forget the things that he has for us in the future. Don't forget who we're serving. And don't forget about that day. I've described a few things, a few of, of probably an untold uh, innumerable amount of things that are going to take place when that day finally occurs. Amen. But don't forget about this. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I just pray it was an encouragement, Lord. Um, like I said earlier, we need it. We, we need all the encouragement from you we can get. I thank you for this opportunity to come up here and just speak of your word and get a little something out there. And I just ask you, Lord, that uh, you would just fill the hearts of the people that need it, Lord. And and I think we all need it. And uh, just do with it uh, as you see fit. I love you and I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you all.